when I talked to Corinne about coming on and kind of sharing my story, I was like, yeah, but I don't really know what I'd even talk about. And then when I really dig in and when I remember, you know, those nights of laying in bed waiting for the ambient to kick in and worried about, you know, that email I didn't send or that meeting that didn't go the way I wanted and just so miserable, just praying for something else, you know, some other thought has to be in my head. It was pretty, pretty nasty. What's up, guys? I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and you are listening to episode eight of Be More Well, a wellness-focused podcast where I talk to different people about their path to wellness. I sit down with health professionals, both physical and mental, musicians, athletes, and most importantly, everyday people just like you who have committed to finding the things that work best for them. Now, my mission here is to show you the different paths that are out there. No two people are the same, and that means that no two paths to wellness are the same. You've got to figure out what's going to work best with your body and mind. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you get all the updates from Be More Well and find us on social media. On Instagram, we are Be More Well Podcast, and on Twitter, we are just at Be More Well. Feel free to DM me or message me. I do love to hear from people about what they're thinking about the podcast. Also, let me know if there's something you want me to talk about. I do love suggestions for different topics. It kind of puts a little challenge on my plate. So how are you holding up so far? Have you found that staying home has been beneficial to your productivity or have you found it to be the opposite? I know a lot of people that are seeing things both ways. Personally, I've been loving the opportunity to work from home. My real job can be pretty toxic from time to time. Not the job itself, but the environment and the people there can be toxic. Doing all my work from home has been kind of relieving in a lot of ways. I've been doing better work and getting more done. It's actually been an awesome change that I may have to see if I can continue. But that doesn't mean that I don't hit roadblocks. In fact, I hit one last week. I had hoped to have this interview up and running last week, but I hit this mental roadblock I just had a really hard time breaking out of. I had no motivation or inspiration to really get anything done. I woke up in the morning ready to take on the day, but after a few hours of my morning show, I just ran straight into a wall head first. I'm chalking it up to being in a rut, and honestly, there's nothing wrong with being in a rut. We're all facing something unique and different from anything else that we've ever done before, so we don't really know how to react just yet. So don't beat yourself up over those ruts or moments of weakness if you're experiencing that yourself. Own them. Just admit that you're having a bad day and get ready to move on to the next one. No one's going to hold that against you. This interview you're about to hear took place right before my station shut things down and stopped allowing guests to come by the studio. Actually, we recorded it literally the night before my office went on lockdown. You'll hear a familiar voice today. That's Corinne Kamel. She was on episode two of the podcast, and you'll hear her coming in for future interviews as well. Corinne was my personal trainer for a few years and helped open my eyes to a lot of things that really started me on my own personal journey. Along with Corinne, we've got Sienna Walker. She's a client of Corinne's who was struggling with a lot of the same things that most of us have had to deal with. She was in an intense job that took so much time and caused a lot of stress. She had a rough relationship and other factors that brought her health down. But with some good advice and some changes, Sienna found a new path, one that's put her in a much better place. Well, I'd like to welcome back on the podcast today, Corinne Kamel. She's an integrative nutrition wellness coach and director of awesomeness. Thank you so much for coming by again. Thank you for having me. It's been a few weeks since the last time we spoke, actually a couple of months, because it took me a little bit longer to launch the podcast than I had intended it to. Uh, but how is life treating you? Life is good. Um, I have a lot of new projects I'm working on, a lot of new adventures. It's honestly been all really exciting. So when you say new projects, new adventures, do you want to you know 
long story short that for me? I think your audience mostly knows that I'm a health coach. So I'm transitioning pretty much from personal training to health coaching full time. And I'm currently building a website. Um, I have my 16 week coaching program ready to go. And, you know, I've got some clients and um, it's really just unfolded beautifully. And they're already seeing such amazing results. Like one of my clients has already lost 20 pounds. Another client her blood sugar is normalizing. It's like the lowest it's ever been. It's awesome. Yeah. So just like I'm getting immediate feedback, like really, really good stuff. And I'm just in a good place, but I'm also like really tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when you start running your own business, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if people want to find out more information, let's make sure we throw out uh, where they can reach you. Yeah. So my Instagram is integrative.corin. And my Facebook is Corinne Kamel, and my business page is Integrative Wellness Coaching with my name, Corinne Kamel. Uh, you want to spell your last name for people, too? Yes. So it's not intuitive at all. It's spelled C-H-M-E-L. It actually means hops in German, like beer. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This is the first time that you've said that to me. I like you so much more now, now yeah, that I know well, that you're you related to that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, Corinne, our, our guest today on the Be More Well podcast is here because of you. The, you are the common denominator between she and I now for this. It's like the seven uh, seven degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon, but it's with Corinne at this point. So why don't you talk a little bit about why you wanted to introduce us here today? Yeah. So our guest today, Sienna Walker, she has an incredible story. I was personal training her in 2016. That's when we met. And we trained for three years, four years? I'm not even sure. Um, And then even when we weren't training, we stayed friends and we stayed connected. And her story um, is just so moving. And it it was like one of the things that motivated me to like continue doing what I'm doing Mm -hmm. because I was able to, you know, help her change her life. And she did all the work. But I was kind of the one that introduced her to, you know, some new ideas with food and diet. And I sent her books and podcasts. And for me, the personal training, like the workout didn't even matter. Like, of course, it mattered, but it was more about lifestyle. It was like, okay, how are you? You know, how is your relationship? How is your, you know, job and your career and what's going on? And I think we were able to just get on such a deeper level than just, you know, do these bicep curls and... And we're still friends to this day. And now she's actually helping me build my website. She's incredible. And yeah, so I thought she would just be perfect for this. I need like a, an applause sound effect now because <laughs> yeah. that was such a good introduction for you. So Sienna Walker, thank you so much for coming by. I know it's been kind of a long day, so I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to come by and share your story a little bit with us. Yeah, of course. I'm so happy to be here and I'm so grateful to Corinne for everything she's done. And I love what you're doing with the podcast and just- well, thank you. Trying to share as much as we can, I think, is starting to be more and more critical when you realize, you know, I'm feeling this way. There are thousands of other people feeling this way, but everyone feels so isolated when they're in that. Um, And I think the more that we open ourselves up to sharing our experiences and our stories, the more hopefully the more people can feel, you know, not alone in the world. So 
Yeah, for sure. Well, so I'm excited to hear more about this journey because I know like bullet points, basically, you know, we've mm -hmm. gone back and forth in email and I have a little bit of sort of like a, an outline of mm -hmm. your story, but I want to hear more about this. So let's, let's kind of go back to the beginning, I guess, when the story that you started telling me kind of started around when you finished up college, but I want to go a little bit further back from that, if you don't mind. Um, tell me a little bit about your college experience. Um, sure. So I, uh, I was born and raised in Utah and I went to the University of Utah. I graduated in 2011. Um, and throughout college, I, I got a major in communications, which is a major in, I have a college degree. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, you know, while I was there, I was very fortunate to get a job at a marketing agency as kind of a, an administrator, like a front desk administrator. And, um, while I was still in college, I got promoted to, uh, the, the title was account executive, but it really it was a technical project manager role. And when I was 20, 21 years old, about to graduate college and then graduating college, I I was running these large enterprise level website development projects, mm -hmm. which is extremely high stress and, and something, you know, I, I'm not arrogant in saying I was good at it. Um, I had kind of a natural tendency to be able to do that. Just very, very type A. Can you explain more about like what what exactly goes into that? Like what sure. enterprise? I'm sorry, these are words that are so foreign yeah. to me when you put them all together. No, that's like fine. That, so. Um, so companies like Fortune 500 companies sure. or companies like my biggest client when I was 21 years old was Adobe. Oh, okay. I, wow. I built okay. websites for Adobe, which I mean on their platform that they they build websites for. But um, so for very large corporations that have you know thousands and thousands of employees or government agencies, mm -hmm. things like that. So building their their consumer or their public facing websites. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and just how, how that's functions and how it's um, managed. Things well, like now that. I completely understand why that's high stress because yes. these are major corporations and companies sure. that rely on you yeah. uh, to make sure the job is done right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I was extremely young in doing that and I, I never developed any kind of um, coping mechanism for stress. Sure. I, I had no idea how to kind of deal with it. And so... Right out the gate, I just assumed this is career. This is life. Mm -hmm. You know, people just are kind of stressed. People can be unhappy sometimes. People definitely cry in the bathroom at work. Like, right? All that's, the time. Every that's day. That's why there are stalls. Um, I put a box of tissues in there every morning just yeah. to make sure it's okay. I'm kidding. Corinne <laughs> has this, like, face on. I really, we got to start filming these because your <laughs> facial expressions during these interviews are fantastic and no one gets to experience them. But I'm, us. like, so. I'm empathic. Like, I feel everything. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so sad that people are crying in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we right. should we should install a camera in here just for people's entertainment. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. That's one of our next steps in the podcast process. But that's I'm, I'm digressing. Let's get back to the crying in the bathroom. I'm sure. Yes, as we always should. Um, anyway, so I mean, I I just kind of started my professional career, professional life, thinking that that is reality. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, never really understanding anything different and. Fast forward a few years to when I moved to Baltimore. So I moved to Baltimore with um, with an ex-boyfriend. It was a, a very, very painful, toxic relationship, extremely, you know, emotionally and um, mentally abusive. And again, I didn't know anything different. I yeah. didn't I didn't know relationships weren't supposed to be like that. I didn't know work wasn't supposed to be like that. And by the time that that gym opened, you know, my reality in my day to day life was I would wake up in the morning. I would, you know, get dressed and ready to a degree, go to work, work for maybe 12 hours. It was misery the entire time. You know, I had no 
no grasp on I would kind of start the day thinking, okay, I have these meetings and I need to get these things done. But so many things would be thrown my way out of my control and I would break down and cry frequently in the bathroom and, you know, kind of work a good 12 hours, get home, usually, you know, drink probably alone and take an Ambien to kind of dole everything out and go to sleep. And the only thoughts that were ever in my mind and in my brain at the time were work stress and relationship stress. Mm -hmm. And I just, I had no concept of control over what was happening in my day to day. You know, I, um, I've been thinking a lot about this. I I kind of forgot how nasty it was (laughs) for a while being so far removed from it. But, you know, when I think back on it, it really felt like I, I was on this road trip and I was driving this car I had no idea where I was going. I had no idea how long this trip was supposed to be. I just was in this car. I was technically in control, but someone would be telling me, you know, turn right now. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, shit, okay, I have to turn. Am I allowed to turn? That's all right. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, the beauty of podcasting. We can leave that in there. It's great. <laughs> oh, okay, nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, I just I had no sense of control, and even when I thought I did, something would throw me off. Yeah. And it was it was bleak. It was pretty nasty. Forgive uh, me for my ignorance here. So working on websites, what does what does a day of work look like for you? I mean, are you sitting behind a computer all day? Mm-hmm. Are you in an office? Are you at home? Like, what, what does a day of work look like? Like, what are those 12-hour days that were turning out to be very toxic for you? What did that kind of look like? So at the time, um, it, it was in an office environment. The reason it was so long, you know, my days were 12 hours. Because when I look at my workload now compared to my workload then, now is kind of higher, but when you look at the concept of work smarter, not harder, yeah, I just everything was so reactive that I my days had to be twelve hours long because yeah. I didn't plan an eight hour day efficiently. But it would usually, you know, start with me getting into the office early to try and get ahead of things, you know, like get ahead of my day that then got thrown out the window because I, I wasn't doing it efficiently, um, and then usually just meetings. Um, so on a project, I had to make sure that we had. Development was, you know, in progress and moving along as expected. We usually had iterative releases. So, like, we would deliver work to the client to review. So, I had to make sure that was on track. Yeah. I had to, you know, review and manage webs or uh, websites. I had to review and manage budgets, timeline. Like, it was. There no two days looked the same. Okay. Every day felt the same, but no two yeah. looked the same. <laughs> but it was crazy either way. Yeah. And if you don't mind me asking, if I'm prying too much, feel free to tell me to stop. But uh, the relationship that you were in, mm-hmm. um, two questions about that. One, uh, how long was that relationship? How long did it last overall? Uh, so it was about five and a half years total. Five and a half years. And was it your, because it happened to you when you were in your 20s, was it your, like your first major what? relationship? Yeah. So w- what I'm seeing here, and not that I'm a therapist or anything, but like what I'm seeing here is that you were jumping into these new worlds, like mm-hmm. a new world of professional life, a new world with a relationship that you'd never really experienced. And your only experience was that. So yes. to you, that was normal. Yes. And that that's such a hard thing that I feel like so many people find themselves in because they don't have the experience to understand, well, this isn't normal. This is not what I should be doing right. with myself. And this is bad for me. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It just, to me, I went from the um, the structure of college to the structure of what my life was after college, which was toxic job. I don't want to say toxic job. I made the job to- Well, Accommodation. Give and take. Sure, I, I have you. I have the same job now. It's not toxic to me now. Right. Like okay. I've I've since, and we can get into how you know with the the help of Corinne <laughs> and, and a lot of other great tools. It's no longer toxic to me. Um, but 
yeah, it, it was just that was my reality after college. Okay, so you're doing all this. You've moved to Baltimore. You're in a really tough situation. Life is just not going in the direction that you were kind of hoping that it would be, and you're, you're just not feeling good. But you ultimately decide to join this new gym that's downtown, and that's mm-hmm. where you kind of come in contact with our good friend Corinne here. What was the inspiration or the motivation to join the gym? So, um, again, I think back on this, or I have been thinking back on this a lot, that it it was three blocks from my office. Okay. And so a representative from the gym came in and said, hey, join. They might have given us some kind of special or some kind of yeah, rate or sure, something. Yeah, sure, that makes sense, yeah. Um, but it was because it was, I could see it from my desk. I was like, all right, I might as well join. Yeah. Had it been further away, I probably wouldn't have joined, and who knows where I'd be now. You know, the inspiration behind getting a personal trainer was I, I don't know if you were at the gym from the start, but uh, yes, actually we were. <laughs> my wife and I were actually like two of the very first people to sign up. Yeah. We, were, we were drinking at a wine festival, and they had like a sign. It said like first five hundred people <laughs> yes. that sign up, whatever. And we were like, well, do yep. it. Um, so we were very early adopters awesome. of this gym, and we anxiously awaited it to open too, because I know yeah. it was delayed a few times. But anyway, that's well, that was yeah. yeah the the delays, and I don't again. We might need to edit this out, but. I every call I got that was like sorry we're delayed but you get, <laughs> but you get you know a free month sorry we're delayed but you get, you get free, free personal month. training sessions and I was like great like keep delaying because yeah, I, prob- I probably I probably wouldn't be going to the gym anyway so delay as long as you need that's pretty funny I was um, the one making those calls and giving the free sessions <laughs> yes well, exactly. so I I never would have seen a personal trainer had it not been free out the gate so the same actually thank same thing. you yeah that's thank you fate. to that construction company because <laughs> I might owe my life to you I never would have met Corinne had I not had free personal training sessions and I might not have been able to turn my life around the way I did. You listened to her a lot better than I did, but she gave a lot of really good advice. Mm-hmm. So I have to say. I'm glad you know uh, that now. I, I do know that now. Yes. I see all of my mistakes that I made over life. And if I had just listened to you from the start, things would be different. But um, mm-hmm. we've talked about that before in a different podcast. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you start going to the gym when they finally open, you meet Corinne and is there a moment? Is is that the moment the light bulb goes no. off, or it takes a little while to kind of get yourself going and kind you know, of understanding? Yeah, I would say my light bulb going off. If you were to describe it, I can't even think of like you know you flip on the switch and it kind of flickers for a second, and <laughs> fades, and eventually it. There was not a ding. Like yeah. there wasn't a a single moment for me. It was such a gradual buildup, and it was you know consistency with Corinne but not right not in the workouts and um I I saw this thing the other day that it was um you know a a true healer will never say they can heal you a true healer teaches you how to heal yourself right that was Corinne for me I mean a hundred percent she never she never dictated hey do this she would hear me she'd hear my struggles and she would make recommendations but not even you know, I'd worked with personal trainers in the past that if my goal was I want to lose weight, they would give me a meal plan or tell me to eat more protein and less carb. Like, it was right. very, very cookie cutter. The usual cutter. suspects, yeah. Um, Corinne was like, hey, I just read this book, The Body Ecology Diet. It talks about your microbiome and it talks about how you can use your gut health to to support your your brain health and your immune system and all of these other things. And I'd recommend you read it, too, if you want to learn about it. So, it still wasn't even to the point of her giving me something different to try, but it was educate yourself on this and understand mm-hmm. it. And I'm so, so type A that 
that was exactly what I needed. Yeah. I mean, reading that book, I think I was like a sentence in and texting her like, oh, my God, my life's changed. <laughs> you did it. Um, again, that was the flicker of a light bulb, but then it dimmed again. Well, it's tough, too, because, again, you're in a situation where you don't like you understand that it's not good, but you mm-hmm. don't necessarily know yeah. that it's not good. Like there there are pieces of your brain that's telling you this should not be what life is all about. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're like, this is the only life I know. Yep. So w- what other life is there? What else right. could be out there? Well, and like I said, even now, um, you know, when I think back, I when when I talked to Corinne about coming on and kind of sharing my story, I was like, yeah, but I don't really know what I'd even talk about. And then when I really dig in and yeah. when I remember, you know, those nights of laying in bed, trying, waiting for the ambient to kick in and worried about, you know, that email I didn't send or that meeting that didn't go the way I wanted and just so miserable, just praying for something else you know some other thought has to be in my head um yeah it it was pretty pretty nasty so things start to change you start listening to the advice that Corinne is giving you or the suggestions that she's giving you uh and then what happens do you start making some of the changes and realize wow I kind of like the way this is going is that kind of how that flickering is going it was it was a very sort of fake it till you make it process for me it was I I started to realize one of the reasons I was so miserable was just this feeling of lack of control in my life so I sort of established here the things I can control. I can control what I eat, and what I eat can support my brain health. Sure. I can control my physical activity. I can control the time that I'm not at work. I can go to the gym, or I can go for a long walk, or I can do those things. I can control, you know, not drinking so much. So I kind of established here are the things that will make me feel better. Um, I also started seeing a therapist, and all of these things started. Again, I I did them because I knew eventually it would help, mm-hmm. and eventually it did. I don't know exactly when that magic moment was, and you know I'm far from perfect now. I'm sure a lot of my very close friends and family Nobody's would perfect. say like, "No, you're still kind of a basket case." Like <laughs> you were in tears at the grocery store the other day because they were sold out of kimchi. You're not a balanced person. <laughs> But, I like that it's kimchi that sends you off. <laughs> it, well, yeah, because without it, you don't have that. You don't have the brain power. It's... Kimchi is one of those like magical foods that like I recommend to everyone. That they're like fermented foods, and like when you think about like most of your um, serotonin and dopamine are actually made in your gut. Like your gut is your second brain, so that's kind of one of the things that I teach and what that book taught early on. Um, so it was just funny because, you know, fast forward four years later, Sienna's texting me that they're out of her favorite kimchi. And I'm like, you know, this is only a conversation that I would have with my right. like, clients <laughs> slash friends. Like nobody else on the planet is having a conversation like this. And by the way, the whole time you were talking, I was just getting like full body chills. And it just makes me like happy that you were able to just, you know, come out of this happier and stronger. And I know you want to talk more about that. So, but yeah, I'm just, I'm so like grateful to just even have met you and brought you in here. And it's just really like exciting for me. <laughs> this is such a sweet moment. I feel like awkward that I'm here. I feel like you guys need a second. You're you can just leave, out. Jeff. No, we'll just take over from here. <laughs> I am part of it now. Um, I do want to touch on one thing really quick that kind of ties into what we were just talking about. And uh, in the notes that you know we you had sent via email, so I kind of have an idea of what your life has been all about, you mentioned how the 30-minute session that you have with Corinne every week mm-hmm. um, was basically the game changer. And I, I do just want to highlight that for one second. Now, I'm not saying you should only you know exercise for 30 minutes a week, but 
I think there's a lot of people that have this impression they have to work out for an hour and a half or two hours, and that's that's a good workout. If you do it right, you can get a solid 30 minutes in, whatever it may be, as long as you're active, and, and it has such a good impact on your health and your life in general. You know, I just think that's a, a thing that people don't necessarily understand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right, you can get in an incredible workout in those 30 minutes, or Again, if you are like me or where I was, for me, it wasn't even about the quality. I mean, you gave me very good quality workouts, but it wasn't even like I want to burn X number of calories. It was I want to do something. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was this list. Here's my control list. And I could check that off my list every day. And that was that was what I needed. It wasn't it wasn't an hour, an hour and a half long gym session where I'm running and lifting and doing all these crazy things. Um, it was more just that, that piece of this is making me whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So things start to change for you. You start to take the advice. You're mm-hmm. reading the books. You're eating the food. Eating so much kimchi. And it is so much kimchi. So smelly. You're the reason there's I no lost, kimchi I lost left. lost a lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> but gained the right ones. <laughs> so as you start to make these changes, how do you start noticing your personal health changing? Um, I, so it did take a while to get off the sleep medication, but I did start to notice more mild reactions to things at work. So I I don't, I mean, this was four years ago or, you know, three and a half years ago. Um, but I, I don't remember the last time I was, you know, to the point of crying over work. But yeah, I mean, I think it was just, I started having more mild reactions and I just started having a, a more cognizant understanding of what I could and couldn't control. So the things in work and the things in my relationship that I just, I felt like were sort of in a front, like these things are happening to me or more, these things are happening as a part of my life that I can't control, but I didn't take it so personally. I, I learned how to separate myself from those negative things. I wasn't controlling the negativity that was in my life, but, um, I don't know, it, it just kind of helped me start to reform something. So the circumstances didn't necessarily change, but my reaction to them did. And I think that was a, a really key part of it. You mentioned that you kind of had a list of things that you could control. Mm-hmm. Over time, has that list grown? Do you feel like you're in a lot more control of your life yeah, and what's going on around significantly. you? Significantly. Um, I mean, I work from home now, so even that I have complete control of my like physical environment oh, sure, as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that jumping from I guess I'll give an example. At work, if there was something for like a website development project, if a developer said something would be done that day and it took them longer, it wasn't done at the end of the day, I took that on as my fault, my guilt. I felt horrible. Yeah. That happened 20 times a day every day. Sure. Yeah. So I took that guilt on 20 times a day every day. I understand now that happens. That's yeah. not a negative thing. That's not something I did. That's not it's not something that I'm at fault for and I can kind of easily process it and just move on with my life and um I kind of understand the the appropriate reactions to to when something like that happens. There's an author um, who, which you may be familiar with. Uh, her name is Sarah Knight, mm-hmm. and she has written the, I'm going to paraphrase, the No Fs Given Guides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read most of them all the way through, but it's it's interesting because it, it tells you things that should be kind of common sense, mm-hmm. you know. But, but there are so many things out of everyone's control that we all take on as our personal issues, like you were just talking about with work. Mm-hmm. It, it, it happens. 
things get delayed. It's the professional business world. Not everything happens on a deadline the way that you expect it to happen. Mm -hmm. But we take that on as this personal, like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst human being. This is my fault. It didn't work. And you and it, you bring yourself down and put all that added stress and pressure on yourself when you really don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, just in this conversation we've had, it sounds like you've started to, you know, make that shift where you understand it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're going to live through yes. this and we're going to find a solution and we're going to make it, you know, we're going to correct everything and make it work. Um, but so many people don't, don't get that mental thing yeah. going in their brain and they will just hold on to that. I mean, I was one of them. Like I held on to so much in our office here at the radio station. If something happened that was not even my job, that was incorrect, I took it as my responsibility. I should be the one to fix this. And it took some time, but learning that I don't need to be responsible for every single thing that happens has been life-changing. Yeah. And I think for me, the the biggest thing that helped me connect to that was just the practice of journaling. Um, you okay. know, I would journal about what was keeping me up at night. And a week later, read like, back. Journaling that. is keeping me up at night. Can I just stop writing? That? Yeah. No, I journal in the mornings, okay? <laughs> um, what kept me up last night? Uh, no, but I would read back, you know, a, from an entry a week ago. I didn't even remember that. Like, it was such a non-issue that I had built up in my head so much. Mm -hmm. The next day, no one cared about it. The next week, no one remembered right. it. And and so just kind of connecting to why am I turning these things into, you know, making mountains out of molehills every day, making thousands of them. Um, so I think that that really helped me. Again, it was it was tangible. I could see it. I could read it. Yeah. And I could understand what was happening to me. You mentioned that your job is a high-pressure job. You're working mm -hmm. with some major corporations. Mm -hmm. um, do you find, at least currently, do you find that you take breaks during the day, that you give your yourself the time to have those mental breaks so you're not just powering through 12 hours straight to get the job done? Yeah. Um, so I, I work from home, but I do have a, an office mate, my dog, Gus. Okay. <laughs> he um, he makes sure I get plenty of breaks for the day. That's awesome. And, you know, brings me lots of joy, but... Um, yeah, I do make it a point, especially, you know, this week it's been so nice out. Yeah, for um, sure. So taking walks whenever I can. I live just a couple blocks up from the Inner Harbor. Okay. And so most days I'll try and just sneak out and just do, you know, a little little half circle around the harbor, which is so, so great. Or, you know, if it's cold and nasty out, like get some zoomies out with my yeah. dog and just, you know, <laughs> we run around our little apartment together. And um, I think those are huge that is one thing that I made it, uh, as a change in my own life. Um, so I, if you're not familiar with me, I do a morning radio show. So mm -hmm. I get to work at about four o'clock in the morning when it's dark. And I was seeing an integrative uh, health doctor mm -hmm. and who was talking about the sunshine and vitamin D and like natural light. And I just said, you know, like I, I wake up in the middle of the night, so I'm not waking up with the sun. So I'm not doing the normal cycle that most people, that your body is looking for, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I started going outside after our show. So at about 9.45 in the morning when the show was wrapped up, I would go sit outside for like 30 minutes mm -hmm. and just just be away from everything so that was like my 30 minute break I found that taking that break mm -hmm. made me so much more productive mm -hmm. I got my job like I was getting my work done so much faster and I, it wasn't like my work was any less or any more I was getting it done faster it was better I was in a better mood and again I think we are all so conditioned in this working world that you just got to power through like mm -hmm. you're going to go to work you're going to you're going to sit at your desk you're going to do your work all day and that's it eat your lunch at your desk if you're not done with your project you're working on but those little breaks, if I could tell anybody advice about the work environment, mm -hmm. those little breaks are crucial. Yeah. They are so beneficial to your health. That's, I mean, to your point, my volume of work now 
is no less than when I was working 12 hour days. But you feel like you're but in I much do better it control in of it. eight or less very yeah. easily um, because I'm more effective because I my brain works better now. Yeah. You know, I'm better or I'm able to piece these things together so that, you know, something that would have taken 40 to 50 minutes to kind of craft because I had to keep going back to all these things was just kind of easily accessible to me. And I think that was a, a big game changer. That was something I thought about with you, too, actually, Corinne, because the gym that we always talk about, it, it's in an old bank, like a bank from you know the early 1900s. So there's not really a lot of light coming in there. There's a couple windows, but you're also in a city, so you've got you know skyscrapers blocking the sunshine a lot of times. And you would be in there for long hours. And I would think about that with you because you would go from client to client or class to class. And you were busy all day. And was that did you find that was detrimental to you? Did you find you had a hard time with that? As much as I loved my job. And yeah, loved this isn't my really clients, like a job, really. Yeah. It's more of like a you thing. Yeah. I was exhausted. Yeah. I mean, like 12 hour days, 13 hour days, teaching two spin classes a day, 14 clients a day. Like, that's not abnormal um, for me. So I was exhausted. And yeah, I would try to escape, but I work during people's lunch breaks. Like, I would see Sienna at 6 a.m. because that was before work. And then I'd have a flow in the morning and then I'd work during lunch. That's when a class would be. And then I'd have a flow in the afternoon and then I'd work in the evening after work yeah, when it got really busy. Yeah, times are when everybody else is off work. Right? Yeah. So I would just find myself like shoveling in food at like 3.15 after the lunch rush. Yeah, I would come in when it was dark, kind of like you. I mean, not, I didn't arrive at 4, but I would arrive between 5.30 yeah, and 6.15. Yeah, Yeah. And it would be dark and it's cold because it's Baltimore. And, um, yeah, I mean, I found it very unsustainable. Like, I think people can do it for a while and you can hustle for a while and that's what you have to do. And I'm, I am all about, you know, hard work and working hard and growing your business and growing your book. But sure. um, at a certain point, your body just starts screaming at you. And I was suffering with all kinds of issues like migraines and I mean, my monthly cycles were the most painful things, and I would be just down for the count for a week, but I would, you know, cover it up with Excedrin and three cups of coffee because I had to be excited when I trained because yeah. you have to be on and you have to get the other person excited to work out. And so at 6 a.m., I'm almost like faking it till I make it, like, because <laughs> I want to come off as this super motivating, you know, trainer, but I'm actually falling apart. And so for me, my journey has also been. Um, finding ways to reduce my stress because although I'm not sitting at a computer all day, my job is physically stressful and it's also mentally I'm thinking like I'm on the entire day. Sure. And that um, I literally had um, adrenal fatigue like because the science behind that is your body is just in fight or flight all the time. You're yeah. just on all the time. You're drinking way too much coffee, which is an, like stimulant. <laughs> You know, your body is secreting so much cortisol. I got my um, hormones checked and my body was secreting so much cortisol that it stopped making other hormones. Like it stopped making testosterone. Like I'm very low in testosterone. And um, women need testosterone too, sure, just yeah. in smaller amounts. It's like and men need estrogen too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, testosterone for women is good for energy, it's good for building muscle, it's good for like normal functioning. And you know, just having your hormones off. I don't know if you've experienced having imbalanced hormones. It affects everything. I mean, you could go from happy to crying 
in a second. You know, remember when you were a teenager and your hormones were wacky and you were like screaming at your parents and <laughs> slamming the door over, you know, nothing. And so hormone imbalance can be really challenging. And I just got to a point where I was just like spinning my wheels and like so exhausted with migraines and like I couldn't really function. And so I personally had to make a change. And it's nothing really to do with that particular job. It was kind of just the industry. Like this is kind of how it is in this field. And I'm like, okay, you know, some people can tolerate this, but I'm the type of person that I'm going to need to like find something that's a little bit more sustainable. And I still want to help people. And I, but I really, my passion was nutrition and it's always been nutrition and it's always been gut health. And the personal training was just such an easy transition out of college. I studied kinesiology. I studied, you know, movement science. I studied exercise physiology. So it was, and I was a dance instructor and I had danced my whole life, which I know we talked about in the last episode that I did. Um, So, but I feel like transitioning into a health coach full-time is, it's so incredible for me. It's, I've been able to heal myself um, while starting this new career. Like I still hustle, but I have this fire in me because, you know, it's it's my business and I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And so, like, I don't mind the hustle. Like, I don't know. It's just I'm in a whole different place uh, than where I was when I even met Sienna. Um, I'm grateful that. I can attest that, to that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I've known you the same amount of time. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Although I, can I was to that. struggling, I'm happy that I was still able to have an effect on people, you know, because sometimes I felt like I was physically falling apart and mentally and emotionally falling apart. Um, But I feel like it paid off. Like I would never trade that experience for anything because like it's, it's why I'm where I am today. So it's great that you recognize that it's Mm -hmm. great that you recognize that you were in a situation that, you know what, it it wasn't, as you said, the industry that you necessarily wanted to be in. It wasn't working for you Mm -hmm. the same way that Sienna, I would say, it's great that you recognize that your job is something you're great at and that you actually enjoy, but you needed to make the changes yep. within that job to make it sustainable for you. Not every situation is one where you have to cut and run. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to make a change in the situation that you're in to uh, to find that out. The other thing that kind of just dawned on me that was a big step for me was caring for myself the same way I cared for my clients. So I would go yeah. through... And I know you both can attest to this. I mean, we get so swept up in everything we forget about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a very selfless mother who sacrificed her own well-being for her kids. You your know, mom single is awesome, mom. By I the know. Way. I love your mom. But it's like I like I learned that pattern subconsciously. Like, I mean, it's not her fault. She just did what she had to do. But like I also embody that. And I feel like a lot of women and men, we forget to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And so I would go through the day and work with, you know, 12 to 20 people, you know, whether it's training or groups or classes. And then I would get to the end of the day and I would just be so done that I would do nothing for myself. You know, I would go home and I would just eat whatever I could because I was just so burned out. And meanwhile, I'm telling people to eat kale salads and I I can't eat. I don't even have time to get to the grocery store. Yeah. And so for me, it was like. You need to not practice what you preach because I, I was practicing what I preached, but like take the time to actually care for yourself. And like you can't pour from an empty cup. And it sounds so cliche, but like this whole year for me has about been has been about like filling my own cup because 
you are you can't be of service to others if you yourself you know are struggling and and my mission is to be of service to others like, yeah. as much as i possibly can so it's really been like that's been a huge part of my journey is just taking the time that i need and loving myself just as much as i love all of my clients and <laughs> You know, like cheering for myself just as much as I cheer for my clients. And like, why am I so hard on myself when if if that's if a client would tell me the same exact thing that I was going through, I would be so empathetic and so compassionate. And I'd be like, you're doing the best you can. But yet I look at myself and I'm so hard on myself. And, you know, making that shift in your mind, like treating yourself like your own client and, you know, seeing your own inner yeah. child and, you know, just all of that, that's been a big part of my journey. So. All right, so Sienna, uh, come back to you here for a second. Um, so you've made all these changes. Life is going much better right now. Yes. What does the future look like for you? I mean, how are, how are you feeling about moving forward? I mean, is this something that you're gonna stick with and you're gonna keep progressing and maybe see what else you can do to make it even better? Yeah, so that is a really good question. And I think when I, you know, when I talked earlier about the analogy of this just undefined road trip, you know, I never, never thought into the future. I never thought past what is happening right now in yeah. terms of, you know, which is why I ate so poorly and drink and did all those things um, because it, it was just, that's right here. It's the reality is now. And, you know, now it's just this, I, I do feel this happiness that, like I say, I didn't know existed. I didn't realize people could be happy outside of this, like, shallow, you know, I'm watching a funny show, I'm laughing right now. Um, so it's, I mean, it's absolutely something I want to stick with long term. I, I definitely go through phases of, you know, sometimes I'm crazy healthy and do all of these things and always do it. And sometimes I, you know, Fern and I were just talking, like I go to 7-Eleven and I get like a six pack of mini donuts and pop tarts and all these other things. Um, (laughs) right. So I, I mean, it's definitely not like a hundred percent thing, but I will say, even from back in the day, I still have my like base checklist of like, keep me sane, do these things. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just a constant reflection on, you know, what's going well, what's not and adjusting when I need to. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Like what were the biggest takeaways for you? Like what were the biggest changes that you made that you feel like changed your life? So... I mean, eat it like the way I was eating is a big one. And I feel like even even when I eat the the bad food, I still eat the good food, too. But, yeah, I feel like just keeping that baseline and just understanding that, you know, food, the impact food has on you, again, on your skin, on your sleeping, on your anxiety levels, on your resting heart rate. You know, I have this fancy watch. Um but all of those things, I think that was kind of the number one takeaway. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is definitely journaling, just constantly reflecting back and kind of understanding. And it surprises me how quickly I forget things. Like I mm-hmm. um, I like to read back, you know, this time last year, what was life like? You know, and I think I have this picture in my mind and it's just something completely different. But, yeah, I think those were those were the biggest things for me. I think movement has always been a part of my life. I was an mm-hmm. athlete when I was a kid, you know, in college, not so much. Um, and then after college, I continued to be active in some way or yeah. another. So it was layering on food and it was more learning about the principles behind it and less about someone saying, eat more protein and less carbs and you'll lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like that was the, that was the message that was just pounded into me. Sure. My that's whole every life. diet plan that yeah, comes that's out every, too. Right. You know? Yeah. 
but the no actually learn how you know what your body ecosystem is and what your microbiome is and learn how these things actually impact and how you can get off ambient and how you can sleep at night yeah literally Mm -hmm. um i think that was just such a game changer for me before we kind of wrap things up here i just want to to make the point here that it takes commitment but the things that you did in your life sienna they're not um hard you know what i mean like i I think i think what Mm -hmm. we we think of changes and you know if you go to the doctor they always want to throw pills at you for something you know there's there's an impression of what changing your life is going to entail and yes it takes some serious commitment to go down the path of eating the right way and like you said figuring out what works best for your body Mm -hmm. but it's just that commitment going to the grocery store and walking past the donuts and going to the kimchi aisle it takes just as many steps as it would to go to do your normal Mm -hmm. shopping trip you know Mm -hmm. so we're not talking about something that is astronomically out of everybody's reach it's doable with that commitment and with that you know ability to say hey i'm gonna do this i'm gonna change my life right and yeah just knowing at the end of the day you know like you said it takes as much effort to buy donuts over kimchi but knowing how i'll feel you know that second definitely gonna enjoy the donut more Later that night, the next yeah. day, whenever I'm going to enjoy that kimchi more. Right, and, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, I am so glad that Corinne connected us. I'm so glad that we have this sort of common person in our lives because she has done a lot for me over the years and clearly done a lot for you, Sienna, as well. So I uh, I feel very blessed to have somebody like Corinne in our life. And now we can welcome you into the circle as well. So I'm really glad that you uh, made time out of your day. I know you had mentioned earlier that you had a busy day. So I'm glad that you were able to make it in here and tell us your story. I think there's a lot of people that, uh, listen, I'm hoping people listen, but I think there's a lot of people that have the potential of listening that <laughs> can learn from your story that are in the same situation that you are. My situation was very similar. Mm-hmm. And I can mm-hmm. tell you that the changes that I made uh, along the same lines as you, they were game changers. I mean, mm-hmm. they, life-changing things um, happen. And I just hope that people that do listen can take some of these points and think, maybe I can try that mm-hmm. in my world. So seriously, I appreciate you coming by and sharing your story with us today. Yeah, thank you. We're so happy to. And Corinne, if you got anybody else that you think might be cool, we should talk about this because this worked out pretty well. I have so. lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corinne, it is good to see you too. I, I, when I envisioned the idea of starting this podcast, you were the very first person that I thought of because uh, not only did you have a big impact on my life, but I also know that you're going through a lot of changes with your career um, as well. And I just thought this could be the perfect opportunity to partner up with you. So I'm excited to do more stuff with you here in the future. Um, so thank you for setting this up. This is great. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. This is, yeah, this is like, I feel like this podcast was supposed to happen. It fell into my lap. You emailed me. I was so nervous. And then I was like, why am I nervous? This is amazing. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way. Like the, if I do feel like it just sort of fell in my lap and it's, it's kind of given me some new excitement over the last couple months of my life. And it's been awesome. The more I think about it, the more excited I get about it. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm really excited to see it. And this is going to be, this will be episode eight of the podcast. I'm going to edit this out, but I think this will be episode eight. Um, so I just, I can't believe I made it this far, you know? So it's, it's awesome Amazing. just to think about what the future can hold for that. So anyway, thank you both so much for being here. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I just, I wish you the greatest Sienna in your continued journey. Thank you. And Kareem, we'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
Big thanks to Corinne and Sienna for joining me this week. Corinne mentioned in the interview that she was working on a website. Well, that is up and running now. It's CorinneCamel.com, and you spell that C-O-R-I-N-N-E-C-H-M-E-L.com. So Corinne, C-H-M-E-L. Com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for future episodes. And if you feel like leaving a review, that's pretty helpful too. It lets the podcast powers that be know that you like it and hopefully they'll end up sharing it with other people. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon.